across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, as you all know, if history is not studied, it is repeated. And I mean, my God, we couldn't be in more of a repeat right now, although uh, exponentially increased in all of its magnitude. Uh, when we go back to the, the late 60s and we start looking at the situation in America and around the world and Chairman Mao had started his great leap forward. Does that sound familiar, folks? <laughs> in China, he's had the cultural revolution going on. Hundreds of thousands of people dying set up to have his replacement come in. He strangely dies in a plane accident. Mao's replacement, Lin, just you know, has a mysterious plane accident. And of course, uh, just uh, everyone dies and he's uh, Mao's like, let him commit suicide. They, you know, we need less people. And now we're looking at our situation. We're coming back. That was the time of John F. Kennedy. Now we're coming into Robert F. Kennedy. And he's being censored in Congress and told to shut up and all the things that are going on with the Great Reset. I mean, it just really is a massive repeat. And to get deep into this, to really look into this puzzle in the way that it should be, we've got today with you Chuck O'Celli. He's a polymath, a poly podcaster, and a noted blind jfk researcher he even picked up that nickname the blind jfk researcher he is the host of the ocelli effect and uh he brings conspiracy realism into this perspective and deep politics popular culture and uh right up to the assassination of john f kennedy uh please welcome to the free zone chuck ocelli from ocelli.com Oh, Freeman, th this is really great. Am I in the free zone? Uh, what is a free zone? What 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 is the terminology? Where are we at? And what are the players on the stage? Oh, that's right. The Hollywood writers and actors are all on strike, allegedly, right? So are they producing anything new? Probably not. Were they producing anything new before? Probably not, because everything is a reboot, regurgitation, and reimagination. So here we go, right? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i mean seriously yeah i just had mary sean young in the studio last week uh she's a big fan and friend of the show and we were discussing that very thing along with the digital cloning and the idea of just replacing all these actors and actresses you know well yeah there's the voluntary replacement right the the james earl jones you know listen if you want to make darth vader 20 years after i'm dead here's my voice and you can ai the hell out of it sure go ahead chat gpt save me um or you have the deep fake uh all of these things emerging at a very interesting time when you know are are we in a simulation people are starting to take that a little more seriously right uh i don't take any of it very seriously because i think much like everything anymore it's all a matter of perspective um if you view something uh you view the very same thing as another human being anymore you me anybody listening uh take note you're not necessarily looking at the same exact circumstance you're not catching the same details you're not interpreting it the same way yes but it, it literally appears to me as though you and I could literally watch the same event unfold either in person or vicariously via video and come away with two completely different 
ideas about what we have just witnessed. So in this time of falsified witnesses, uh, either intentional, unintentional, or because cosmically it's just being manipulated somehow, uh, what do you say anymore? What do you communicate, right? These are big questions, Freeman. So, uh, you know, your, your in-studio friend there contemplating history repeating itself. These are the patterns we can recognize. But where are we going? That's an interesting thought. Are we going to a new place or are we going to continue in the cycle? Um, I, I got to tell you, it's, uh, I'm not supposed to say this, but I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, it, it may be indeed going both ways at the same time, a little column A, a little column B. And uh, isn't it fascinating, right? Uh, Chairman Mao, JFK, we're about to uh, uh, hit the time when it's the 60th anniversary of the assassination in Dealey Plaza. But the conditions of the world, the Cold War, all that stuff is supposed to be gone, right? That's supposed to be... Uh, you know, subjugated and relegated to the dustbin of history. It's supposed to be the past, but is it, <laughs> right? Are the invisible enemies disappearing any quicker now simply because we have real-time communication with the planet, allegedly? Um, again, I'm just throwing a bunch of open questions, Freeman, and I don't know what else to do at this point. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Things have changed quite a bit, you know, back when I predicted 9-11, there was just one stream of thought that I could follow that was easy, you know, it was basic or, you know, even, well, I, I don't, I didn't want to convolute this with January 6th, but, uh, you know, I knew exactly what was going to happen on January 6th because I had witnessed what happened in Seattle with the, the IMF WTO protests going on in the 90s, you know, it was, but it was a whole different game back then. It really was. It was like uh, maybe they didn't know how much we were watching. Maybe they didn't. And but it 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 definitely has become a different game. It has become so much more convoluted. I mean, we got the UAP conference coming up in Congress. We have uh, the RFK thing going down. We've got Putin. <laughs> We've got China. We got the the shutdown of all of our food and. Uh, and and energies and we we are reaching this real serious place of uh well chairman mao's wet dream if we could say it that way with his uh his great leap forward we're looking now at this great reset so we know that they want to destroy everything and and they're using this cultural revolution to bring it about and yeah, I mean, you know, if you come out and say, Oh, George Floyd was a drug addict that died of fentanyl uh you know all of a sudden you hate black people and if you say well you know blm are open marxists uh well then you're a white supremacist <laughs> and if you say you know it just goes yeah. on and on right well yeah but the scary thing is look if i say to you again blm is more than one thing right yeah there's some open marxists there but then again there were also some people that might have been legitimately concerned about the militarization of the police and the fact that there are certain communities that are unfortunately and constantly targeted uh and usually that's poor people by the way it's not necessarily about race it's just right. the people that don't have the cash to pay for to play to fight back that's usually who gets stomped on first that's where they beta test first uh so you know that's the way that goes uh I, I say that and suddenly i'm a bleeding heart liberal right 
Oh, by the way, speaking of bleeding heart liberals, what happened to America and Antifa? I mean, I thought they were this great movement that were so dangerous and looking to destroy the country. I mean, they're supposed to have been blamed for lighting all sorts of fires all over the place. They seem to have been dismantled and disappeared because have you heard from them lately, Freeman? I, I have not. Nope. Hmm. No. Isn't and that interesting? When you didn't need a foil, <laughs> right? You didn't need that foil anymore. That actor got, uh, you know, what? Put on furlough, put on leave. You don't need them any longer. Now, is there a legitimate Antifa? Indeed, there is. It is not a leader-provided uh, organization where you have a savior, you know, like the typical plan. There is an Antifa, and there's an anti-fascist movement that exists in Europe, for sure, that is not run the government but oh did i just say that out loud i think i did you know cointelpro might be a bit outdated freeman uh they'll use it against guys like you and me a little bit here and there but i think they've come up with better methodologies now to control the masses uh you know it's much like um putting down the conspiracy theorist you bring up rfk jr which is interesting right because uh, not only did you know Congress have its uh, little dog and pony show, except no dogs, no ponies. Uh, you know, sadly, because I'd rather look at animals than these people. But you know, point is, they go through all that. Then the media grabs a hold of it and wants to scream conspiracy theorist and everything else. It's funny. We are out of the age where uh, they established it in the late '60s, of course, where you start calling critics of some of the establishment uh conspiracy theorists to smear them to smudge them uh we're, we're done with that you know why because it's much more useful to throw out a whole bunch of a terribly backed information poorly sourced conspiracy theory you throw a bunch of it on the table you let people grab from the buffet any which way they want and guess what that works as an excellent distraction to keep people away from what the reality that we're all getting squeezed to death. That system is fully functional and in play. We're all getting squeezed to death. We're all getting monetized. We're all getting monitored. And guess what? You think they're picking on you because you happen to be of a certain political persuasion. It's irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. It is about control of the mass, not control of a particular mass. You know, they're weaponizing uh, the media and they're weaponizing government agencies against uh, fill in the blank they're weaponizing as if the weapon was not already created and collecting dust and just waiting to be deployed. Um, and guess what? It's not just against the conservatives. It's not just against the Trumpers. It's not just against the, uh, -uh. it's not just against black people. It's not against white people. It's against anybody who is not juiced in, who does not have the privilege, who is not in the position to be on the other side for the selective enforcement. And that's all there is to it. It's that simple now and so convoluted, we will continue to fight amongst ourselves about who's really the victim as opposed to figuring out who the victimizer actually is. You know, that's, that's where we're at. That's the way I see it. Now, maybe I'm a bit too jaded for all this anymore. Is, is it time for me to quit? What do you think, Freeman? <laughs> it gets that way, doesn't it? This all starts to wear on you quite a bit. And especially you're, you know, been talking about it. You've been at it for a decade. I'm almost two. And uh, we're we're not seeing the changes come. We're not seeing the awareness come. We're just seeing everybody follow the game. I often think of like reality TV shows like Survivor. 
mm. just as an analogy, right? They the idea that uh, they're out there to survive is is false, right? You know, in in the TV series Survivor, they're not out there surviving because they're in the midst of a game. And therefore, there have to be factions. There have to be uh, alliances. There has to be ways to to take down the other group and get rid of the the strong people, right? You know, which is one of the first things they try to do. Uh, you know, often the weak people win uh, Survivor because they're in the game. So as everybody sits there and keeps talking the politics of the situation, uh, you know, if Survivor didn't have the game component involved with it, then they would be surviving. They would be caring for one another. They would be helping one another out. And that's where they have us is in these different factions and everybody's fighting one another because the game itself is laid in the midst of everything instead of the care and the actual survival. See, that's the fascinating part, right? The counterintuitive nature of it all. True survival, indeed, anything that has been... Uh, accomplished in the history of our species. And here's something that almost nobody could argue with. If it is of significance, it is done through a cooperative effort, right? You don't stand alone. The lone wolf, indeed, is not the one who accomplishes the great feats. We don't build cities by ourselves. We don't. Even the great financers, the great brain trusts, the ultimate welfare queen that is Elon Musk, who's going to space and everything else. And yeah, I called him a welfare queen. If you don't know why, really, you need to look it up a bit. But the thing is, uh, all these people that are supposed to be the masters, right? What are they mastering? Nothing except making sure that we don't actually come together because that would be the actual danger. This is why we're so compartmentalized and literally atomized on a daily basis to make sure that everyone else becomes otherized in our minds. It's so, so typical. And again, the repeating history uh, or, or rhyming history, you know, some people get a little more clever and go, oh, well, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. I, I think they fail to recognize exactly how meaningful that is. Why does it do that? Well, that's the biggest question. And um, that question can be answered really easily. Why do we keep doing this? Because it works for somebody. But does it work for you? You know, the economy is supposedly getting better under Biden economics, according to some people. Under other people's, uh, you know, <laughs> concepts here in America alone, by the way, this isn't across the world. But in America alone, uh, the country is literally being intentionally destroyed just by these people on the one side of the alleged two-party system, which is really a one-party corporate structure. But anyway, um, you know, they're doing it all all by themselves. They're destroying everything. And yet, what has actually changed here? They tell you things change, and a lot of people are convinced by just the pronouncements because they believe in the person making the pronouncement. It is the belief and the faith that are placed in others instead of placing it in oneself that cause the biggest injuries. And again, as I said, if we just simply came together, worked together, conversed, you know, came came with some other methods besides the Socratic, because that doesn't always work. But if we came and reasoned together and figured out that indeed we share a whole lot more common interests with one another. See, now, again, I'm sounding like a speech from the 60s, right? We all breathe the same air. We all, Anyway, a lot of people repeated those sentiments for a good reason. 
if we understand that we're all here and don't get me into is the earth flat or is it round or is it both or and in fact uh i could give you that answer that it is both but uh it's not relevant we are all here as best i can tell we all do have very similar interests if we boil it down to the things that are truly important and it would make sense to collaborate cooperate and survive not just survive but thrive but at least survive by working with one another by actually uplifting all at the same time you know the old phrase about uh, the, the rising tide lifts all the ships well you know if somebody actually took that seriously if a lot of people took that seriously and we did work together that is when the system might shudder and change its ways because that would be the one thing that would frighten those that are able to wield a particularly high level of power because they have you know used artificial scarcity to manipulate resources to gather it onto themselves and have their little controlling factions argue over territory resources and of course the uh the the troublesome populations out there right um that's the thing it, w survival what does that tv show teach you well if if you're in the first season it's the naked gay guy who makes everybody uncomfortable that wins but outside of that uh what is it about it's about the sniping it's about how you take other people down it's about the competition it's about all that so that you can be the only one rewarded well, is that the way it's supposed to work? Is that the way truly functional things in your life have worked? Think about it, not you, Freeman, but you, the listener, think about it. Is that truly, objectively, the way success has been had when you've seen success in your life, if you have? If you haven't seen any success in your life at all, uh, I understand, and I've seen little of it, but when you do see it, don't you notice that it takes input from a lot of different people. It takes collective effort. It takes a bit of teamwork, believe it or not, to accomplish the more significant things in life that actually stand for something, that have great resonant effects, that have a positive influence. But I'm talking out of my ass here because this is not our nature, right? It's not within our nature to do that. Or is it? Well, my argument is it is, and it's exactly the thing that we've been manipulated to ignore and to remove ourselves from. And this is the destructive, the truly, we can get into RFK if you want. We can go for specific stuff. And I say we do that if you want. But the truth is it all boils down to just that. We're being turned on one another. We're being turned against and otherizing as many different people because they're of a political stripe. They're of a religious stripe. They are of a racial stripe. They're, uh, God help us with the different genders and whatnot. But, uh, you know, <laughs> boys against girls, like on a playground, they'll do that all the time. Even if you have 27 different genders, now you can turn everybody on everybody. Um, but it, it, the relevance here is is very simple. If you can keep otherizing others and not working with your neighbors, not working with the people around you, not cooperating and actually creating resonant effects that are positive for not just yourself, but for others, which by the way, has a nice little payback for you, you know, outside of karma and that concept. If we can get to that point where people realize it would be much more beneficial to do it that way, that would be the thing that would actually shake up the system. But Specifics? Should we go to more specifics, Freeman? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what do you, got, which, where do you want to turn? <laughs> um, 
Well, you know, I was thinking about um, the concept. Okay, so we're we're 60 years out of the JFK assassination, just about. And uh, I'll have to give some details on the upcoming conference for that. Uh, but I'm realizing, as as people ask you all the time, why why still talk about JFK? Why is this relevant now? And you made a very important point, and it really has to do with the dissolution of the family. So as we're looking at the separation, it really starts right there at that core. And that has always been their goal is to, to dissolve the, the family unit, this core family idea. We can see that all over the place now. It's obvious now, but uh, what our lives were completely disrupted by the the john f kennedy assassination in that our dads had to go and and fight in vietnam and other war fronts and then they came home destroyed i know that i lived with a a destroyed father you know he was he was absent he was uh, alcoholic he was just destroyed by the things that he had done and seen in vietnam so right there uh, the dissolution of the family in America seems to have started with the assassination of JFK. Well, yeah, th th this was one of the targets. Let, let's not get it twisted and say that that was the only target, but any place where you have people cooperating under good faith is, is uh, counterintuitive to those that wish to control us and compartmentalize us. Right. So, uh, and, and, just note for the listener, uh, of course, I share a, a, a similar experience with a father who served. Uh, he took his life a couple of years after coming home, and I guarantee you it was because of his experiences there. Uh, I was four years old when he was gone. Rather confusing time for me, but I am one in a million. Uh, why do I say that? Well, there was, you know, uh, 68,000, whatever the official body count is, it's BS. But either way, there are a certain amount of military men lost from the United States. Yes, uh, there's one to three million Vietnamese guaranteed lost in the conflict. Okay. Um, but there was over a million men returned to uh, a society damaged to such a degree, either spiritually, physically, mentally, however you want to categorize it that, of course, they would have a resonant effect on the next generation. Uh, they created the, the X generation, basically, uh, on, on the corpses, uh, the, you know, either directly, okay, the deaths that were uh, rung up and counted bodies-wise, or the spiritual, psychological, emotional uh, issues, and, and even physical, that were returned with these men. A whole generation got their male role models undermined and destroyed. And what was the purpose of that conflict, which until Afghanistan was the longest in U.S. military history? What was the purpose of that conflict? Well, initially, it was to fight the invisible enemy of communism, right? And then it was about other things. Now, can you tell me what all those other things were or should we get to the truth of it? I think it was profitable. And the problem with the assassination, of course, is that Kennedy was about to end that conflict about 10 years before it truly ended, uh, first of all. And he had refused to engage in what could have been easily understood as a provocation in, in Germany. He was encouraged to invade Cuba. He was encouraged to invade Laos. He was encouraged to intervene in Africa. There were many different opportunities for the United States to go to war during the not even complete single term of JFK's presidency. 
Kennedy was one of the few people that resisted doing that. And guess what? That is rather inconvenient for the people that profit from blood, for the people that profit from the military industrial complex. And well, nobody wants to talk about that anymore, though. That's boring, right? It's academic. But it continues to happen. It undermined our generation, Freeman, and that's a direct result for sure. And then we become parents with a little bit of a lost, you know, concept about where it is we're going to go. I've got three children. Um, got to say, I didn't have the uh, uh, male role model to work with that was on a positive side because after that, I ended up with a whole bunch of other messy individuals that came into my life. But, um, you know, I took piecemeal from them instead of having that family unit. And what was my father sacrificed for? What was it that he had to leave part of his soul in Vietnam for? What, what, do, you, what do you think the answer to that is, Freeman? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the obvious answer is, is the institutions wanted to keep the money rolling. Hmm. Uh, but I don't even know what the, you know what the true purpose of the Vietnam War was. See, there's your honest answer. Looking at it, looking back at it in retrospect, looking back at it from the academics point of view, looking back at it from the geopolitical point of view, can you really see that there was a clear-cut reason to let a million men give parts of themselves up, either their lives, their souls, parts of their souls, maybe they shrank and, and, and you know jumped into a bottle, the high divorce rate, the amount of abuse they issued to their families. I Look, I'm not trying to tell your story, and I'm not going into mine in depth here, but I am hitting a lot of notes here. If you, if, if you had a Vietnam veteran uh, uh, father, uncle, grandfather, whatever, you know that what I'm speaking to is, is, is the truth of what these men ended up as. And I think somebody is to be held responsible. And I think that the fact that he was going to remove all personnel from uh, Vietnam uh, by the end of 1965 would have changed that equation a great deal. But you know what? Is that the big key issue? Is it still important? I think it is. Because not only did it have a long-lasting effect that is now generational, but are we not repeating these patterns? I mean, maybe the numbers are smaller, but I've known plenty of uh, individuals who came back from Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, conflicts where we weren't even supposed to be, by the way. And some guys that I know that were in Army intelligence stuff and whatnot, <clears throat> that uh, don't tell you where they were deployed. Some of them really screwed up by the time they're only, and my father died when he was 25 years old, okay? Uh, we're not talking about old men who lived a while, and, and it's interesting talking to some of those older men who lived through that time period. They have very different points of view on what was really meaningful about it and what they were told about it and what was being said at the time. Looking back in retrospect, though, they, they might have changed the characters. They, they, they altered which invisible enemy would be presented. But did we not have a whole bunch of deployments, a whole bunch of resources, a whole bunch of uh, individuals sacrificed in part to the war on terror? Did we not dump a bunch of uh, our, our treasure into that? Did we not have thriving businesses for, you know, everybody from uh, Dick Cheney's little company there, which, by the way, is interesting how it ties to... Uh, all sorts of domestic issues and whatnot and uh, so on. You know, Halliburton's a, a wonderful company, right? Um, you know, and not just that, but I mean, take a look at how it continues to repeat itself. And then look at the geopolitical landscape and how they've kept us in place. 
They change invisible enemies on us. Sure, I, I don't think they can sell the terrorist narrative so much anymore. But when you started doing this, they were selling it like hotcakes. It was trendy. It was the thing to sell. Let's fight them over there so we don't have to fight them over here. Support the war, right? Support Even our troops. Yeah. War. yeah, support the troops. Support the war. You were supposed to support it all, but later on it became support the troops because how dare you? Right. Um, and I think it is more supportive of the troops to wish them and to speak on their behalf to not have them sent into harm's way under false pretense, you know, like that whole conflict in Iraq. Totally, I, I don't care what you believe about the official stories. If you can tell me that the Iraq war was not the attack on a sovereign nation under false pretenses, okay, with, with absolute reckless abandon, uh, you know, oh, about 20 years ago now. If, if you can tell me that that wasn't what happened there and that there was a good justifiable reason, I mean, Vietnam uh, gave us a much more justifiable reason, and you and I don't even, even actually know the truth about that still. We do know it was started under, uh, under the premise of a false flag, though. Right. Uh, that is now admitted openly. And one day, I think the terrorist narrative will be admitted openly as a false flag issue and everything else, and the conspiracy theorists among us you know, will be long dead when we're proven right, but you know, stay tuned. We'll get there. They've got many more invisible enemies to sell us. And why not? <laughs> we keep buying them. Right. Yeah, we, we see where it goes. Uh, you know, there was HW at the book depository with, uh, you know, at the, at the assassination of JFK with Oswald at the, <laughs> there's HW standing outside the building, uh, head of the CIA, then becomes president. And uh, Orlando, where I grew up, became the first point of light in the HW thousand point of light system back in the 80s. Mm. And that's uh, how Orlando became the first police state. We had cameras in the streets in the 80s. You know, when I got out in 2000 and was running around and people were like, oh, my God, there's cameras. I'm like, man, I grew up with this, you know. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the that police state just came tumbling right out. You know, I, I just couldn't, I, it, it shocks me that, that people would be voting for the head of the CIA to be a president of the United States. And then to mm. just witness this all happening, uh, you know, with, with Dick Cheney and, um, Oh, you know, you gotta love the stories of Cheney shooting his lawyer in the face and having the lawyer apologize to him for it. You know, <laughs> that's the level these guys are at, but, uh, you know, all of that stems from this, all of all of, uh, you know, uh, the police state that we're dealing with, uh, the technocratic state that we're coming into and all of the things that are going on really stem from that magic bullet. Well, sadly, there, there you go. Right. That was the day in my mind that uh, it was declared that if you push back against those who are really in power, the uh, powers that should not be, if you push back, you're, you're on notice. This could happen to you. Now, they got rid of a guy named Nixon a couple of years later, but I think it was too soon to put another bullet in another guy because they had already decapitated anybody else who was speaking about crazy things like peace and, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, stuff like I was just talking about a little while ago, you know, cooperation and working together might make a little more sense than uh, uh, sitting here having different reasons to point weapons at one another on the planet. That might be something to think about. Um, you know, a guy named Nixon comes in and uh, love him or hate him or whatever. It's funny how CIA based people uh, turn around and blow a stupid burglary operation. 
which by the way, if you haven't seen that recent series where Buddy Harrelson <laughs> plays E. Howard Hunt, um, it is uh, hilarious to me. I mean, really laugh out loud funny uh, to watch them uh, replay the events of the Watergate burglaries and stuff. I don't know if you have you seen that. What is it called? Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but HBO put it out recently and it, it follows, uh, Liddy and Hunt through the whole, you know, creation of the plumbers and then the, uh, you know, the, the, the botched burglaries and the stuff with Ellsberg and all that. Um, if you pay really close attention though, it's fascinating how they put some real truth in there because, uh, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson plays E. Howard Hunt in there and I think does a stellar job of it. And uh, having met G. Gordon Liddy at one point in my life, the guy they got playing Liddy uh, really, really hits some of the guy's personality quirks perfectly. Um, it, it's played for comedy, but there's some interesting truth in there when you realize that a guy who used to teach other people how to do break-ins at the CIA is one of the people that couldn't figure out how not to get caught by a night watchman putting tape on the door the wrong way. Okay. Uh, and, and that guy's name was Colson. Uh, look it up. I'm dead serious. That's the truth. If you take a look at the Watergate burglary, right, which was the biggest, you know, political scandal in history that gives us the uh, ever after effect of other things being named this or that gate. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's really funny. The truth that they put in there is look at how the CIA guys blew it. Look at how they blew it so bad that you would almost think it was intentional. And I believe it was. They had to get Nixon out of the way because he was going to challenge that whole uh, interesting structure there. And he ends up having to hand over his presidency to a stooge named Ford, who outside of, you know, being the joke of the day and, and having the distinction of having uh, two, two female would-be assassins attempt to take his life uh, as president. And I think that he's the only one that ever had that happen. Um, that's the guy who turns around and ends up with Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld in the White House for the first time, by the way, uh, and is the guy who appoints George H.W. Bush for one year as head of the CIA, right? Uh, fascinating. Why did he do that? That's an interesting thing. Why did he bring a bureaucratic guy like George H.W. Bush, who up until that point, allegedly, according to his official story, had no connection to the CIA whatsoever previously, but now is being made the head of the CIA, yeah, I said that. Um, why did you do that, uh, Gerald Ford? Well, you know, he's just a, a, a fool who didn't know what he was doing. No, he did what he was told. That guy was there to quash the investigations that were happening because there was actually public knowledge now being shared for the first time. The uh, Kill Castro plots, the fact that we were directly involved in assassination plots on world leaders in various nations. And I say we as in the CIA that's, you know, uh, allegedly working on behalf of America. The fact that the largest CIA station in the world existed in Florida, despite the fact that they weren't supposed to operate domestically. I'm holding up air quotes in case you don't know. Uh, you know, despite the fact that not we, but the CIA was not, according to their charter, supposed to operate domestically at all. Not to mention the fact that this was an agency that was meant to be what? A catch-all to collect all the, uh, uh, you know, information from the intelligence agencies. Sort of like what the NSA does today. The CIA was meant to do that. And suddenly, they're writing, you know, within 10 years of their inception, 
their alleged inception. Uh, they're, they're writing things like a guide to assassinations, which does exist, by the way, if you want to go look up that phrase somewhere. There's literally a guide out there, which I find most ironic because at a certain point, it says uh, never commit any of these uh, operational details to paper, and you're reading a piece of paper where these details have been committed to it. <laughs> Irony is great, but um, you know the assassination guide, the overthrows of governments, whether it's Allende or Lumumba or it's... Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mosaddegh, or perhaps our own government. Uh, what happens there? Oh, back to the guy who was appointed for one year in 1976. Again, there were public investigations, there were outcries, there were people actually looking for answers and started to get some. That we had all sorts of botched plots and the mafia cooperating with the CIA because if you read their assassination guide, it's always good to hire local criminals who are familiar with whatever ground it is you're working on. And the Italian mafia was very familiar with what was going on in Cuba at the time. Uh, they, they employed them in their assassination plots against Fidel Castro, who they never got. I always found that one interesting, too. That was one of those guys they couldn't figure out how to kill. <laughs> You know, Castro. But anyway, enough of the comedy. It's interesting how that guy comes back around, of course, and then does get selected as president after he sits back and waits around, you know, to have dinner with people that might be related to somebody who tried to shoot the president. A couple years later, that guy's name was Reagan, and he did catch a bullet, but didn't die. He was sweetening the wings as vice president then, and he got a term as president. And what was he supposed to be, Freeman? If you remember, and I know you do, he was the wimp, right? He was the guy that you weren't supposed to take seriously. He was the big wimp. And then, of course, he had to prove himself by going and uh, beating up on Iraq, who was a guy who was useful to the CIA for a long time. And then when they decided to disavow him as an asset, eh, maybe we go there and we give him a little spanking, but we don't take him completely out of power. We let him sit there and possibly serve another purpose. But pay no attention to any of that because what am I? Oh, right. I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? So you're talking about Saddam Hussein. Oh, yeah. Now I'm talking about Bush going after Saddam Hussein while he was president. Right. And even that couldn't, uh, you know, fight back against the whole wimp uh, uh, thing that they laid on him, the wimp character. Remember that? He's a wimp. He doesn't. I'll tell you, I don't know. Everything is very mellow. You know, all the jokes. Dana Carvey doing the impression of him. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but meanwhile, who is he really? Do we actually know? I mean, outside of the fact that he got a little, you know, got a little touchy with his uh, help uh, later on in life and stuff like that. And, um, you know, whatnot. Now, I don't think that's actually him outside of uh, the book depository building, by the way. But, uh, no. you know, there, I have good reason for that. We could get into that if you like. But uh, to say that he wasn't involved in a whole bunch of nefarious stuff over the years and that the Bush family was not indeed a crime family is uh is is also profoundly ignorant <laughs> so i can't hang the assassination around his neck i wish i could but uh don't worry there's plenty of bodies to go with him and his uh his other uh family friend there clinton there, there's plenty of bodies to go with both of them and there's a long trail of blood and history there uh not to mention you know this their involvement with the drug war and all that stuff that was started under the nixon administration but uh, definitely became a lot more profitable and interesting by the time we got to Iran-Contra and, of course, the crack epidemic and how that was weaponized. And, hey, we could talk about how drugs are weaponized as well, but why not? Everything's a weapon anymore, isn't it? Well, Sorry. For uh, no, no, that's great. Uh, <laughs> let's jump to the, to, to the now real quick, uh, because as we're looking at future uh, uh, history repeating itself, um, you know, 
it it appears that Donald Trump is standing in in the midst of the face of this uh, deep state, uh, the administrative state. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on what this indictment and arrest uh, pending could be this week, I think, um, whether we might have a repeat of the JFK situation with Donald Trump. Well, here's the thing. You view Donald Trump as battling the deep state? Is that well, how I, you I, do it? No. No. <laughs> no? Okay. No, I'm just, I, I, I just want to check because right, right. some people do, and I, I think they're very wrong. See, I've got a problem because uh, I, I grew up in, in New Jersey mostly, in New York a little bit, and I grew up uh, around this guy's mishaps. Um, it's very interesting. He's a different sort of character. You know, people talk about him as a great businessman and all this. What he's great at doing is taking advantage of things like, you know, making sure businesses that shouldn't fail, fail, and then he profits off of it. I mean, the only guy in the world who could have ever went broke, uh, you know, made three casinos go broke in Atlantic City, for God's sake. I, I don't even know how you do that. I literally, that does, it's beyond my intelligence, and I'm not somebody who... I, I would count themselves as ignorant of things, but I don't know how you make three casinos go broke in Atlantic City. That's that's a, a, a feat. Anyway, Donald Trump accomplished that. Donald Trump accomplished a lot of interesting things before he ended up uh, being the figurehead for what's going on here. But let us also take note of a few things. Is there a JFK situation coming up because Donald Trump is going to push back against the system? Um, no, I think he is actually serving a great purpose for the system. He's done an excellent job to make sure that a, the mainstream media didn't completely go to the way of the dinosaur because the resurrection of their ratings and everything occurred during his presidential run. Uh, he's been an incredible distraction. And again, uh, part of the buffet of, Hey, view it any which way you want it. Um, so he's been extremely useful to the people that want to keep us distracted instead of having us know what's actually going on. And now, fighting amongst each other. I mean, my Oh, God. yes. <laughs> yes, he's been perfect for that. I mean, uh, is he a CIA guy? No. Is he somebody who actually knows what his role is? I am uncertain. But I do know that, uh, that he served an excellent purpose here for those that want to keep us confounded, turned on one another, and think about the massive amounts of deception that have been really amped up in just the past, oh, I don't know, 10 years where this guy plays a very serious role. Um, what is it that, that, that he's touched upon that has actually accomplished something good? Some people would say the economy was better before him, and indeed it was, but was he responsible for that? Not really. <laughs> okay. He was going to build a wall. He built a little bit of a wall, but didn't get that done. Oh, that's because the Democrats were stopping him. Pay no attention to the fact that he had full control of both houses of Congress, you know, <laughs> for two years, half of his presidency. That doesn't matter because it was the Democrats keeping him from accomplishing stuff, right? Okay. Um, the most fascinating lessons, and when you bring him up regarding JFK, are, are, and by the way, there's still a lawsuit going on with the Biden administration, even though they have released more documentation from the CIA and stuff in recent days even. Um, but in 2017, Donald Trump could have done nothing and tens of thousands of documents would have tumbled out from, uh, you know, that were being held by the National Archives for release in 2017 due to the work of the JFK uh, Assassination Records Review Board that, uh, that took place in the 90s, okay? Um, he had to do nothing and a whole lot of stuff would have tumbled out into the public, unredacted everything, left and right, okay? 
uh, he acquiesced to the intelligence agencies, all of them, by the way, and withheld tons of stuff in 2017, kicked the can down the road. And then the Biden administration, which, uh, of course, people said and, and told me at certain times, don't worry, Trump's going to release everything. He didn't. Don't worry, Biden's going to release everything. He didn't. Um, it's really interesting to watch their interplay here because the guy was supposed to be the whistleblower, the truth teller, etc. Watch his actions. Matter of fact, I'll give you an interesting point of fact. You know who uh, Jefferson Morley is? Freeman no. Fly, you know who that is? No. Interesting guy. He's been suing the CIA for decades, trying to get stuff out of them uh, regarding certain operatives that were interfering with government investigations tied directly to the CIA, to the CIA and the JFK assassination. He's an author. Interesting guy. But here's the thing. When they finally put his lawsuits to bed against the CIA and shut him down and sided with the CIA, keeping its secrecy regarding its operatives interfering with supposedly above-the-board investigations into things. Uh, when, when his lawsuits were put to bed, there was a circuit court judge there who was named Brett Kavanaugh, who actually sided with the CIA just slightly before he was appointed to the Supreme Court, you know, a little bit before, uh, by Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, right. it's interesting how Wait, certain the, guys just pop up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about the, the, I was, I was rather shocked because when, when Trump was elected, the very first place he went and it was on TV, it was the first place he went after, after being inaugurated was the CIA. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I, I thought you were here to stop all of that. I thought you were the one that's uh, taking on the CIA and, and all of a sudden, you know, this is the first place you go after you can become president. I mean, but isn't it ironic that right in front of his face, like here's one of the most honest things he ever said is when he did the whole, I could shoot somebody in the face on fifth Avenue and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, he could. Um, <laughs> and he knows that that's the beauty of it. You know, Freeman, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had something in your life that kind of went bust a business or something like that? Do they let you off the hook? If you just, you know, uh, stiff, you know, millions of dollars, uh, you, you, you stiff, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, hundred people out of a couple million dollars. No, they don't. They usually chase you down, track you down, stop you from doing other businesses. What did they do to Donald Trump repeatedly in his history? Give him more money. <laughs> you know, give him more loans that he would default on, etc. Um, look, yeah, there's no there, heroes. There's, there's nobody here to save us. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on now. It's just it 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 just I find it so laughable. I loved when he was elected because I was a little surprised that somebody would take a real estate hustler from Queens so seriously. But once they did, I started to see what was happening. There were people saying, and here's the funny thing about RFK. At that time, he was he's going to sit down with RFK Jr. They are going to very seriously discuss vaccinations. Don't forget that. They're going to very seriously discuss it. And there's going to be an accomplishment here regarding vaccinations during the time Trump is in office. Now, I will say they were correct. There was an accomplishment while Trump was in office regarding vaccines, but it was Operation Warp Speed. Uh, everybody forgets that was started under Trump, right? I, I, I just... It's amazing to me. He was supposed to sit down with RFK Jr. because RFK had been a critic, not, a, not an anti-vaxxer, which I am, but somebody who was a critic of certain things who, 
you know, as of yesterday, even when I listened to CNN give an analysis of his terrible background, uh, he states false information like, you know, complete conspiracy theory like autism could possibly be caused by a vaccination. Um, funny because that's on the stupid inserts for the vaccines directly. It's in their own literature that says it's a possible side effect, but he's making it up and it's a conspiracy theory. I didn't know that that's what you put on uh, medical, you know, medical products. Uh, uh, <laughs> warning know, labels, right? Warning labels. Uh, I, I always thought that you got to put things on, you know, like, look, I'm not going to tell you, uh, be careful with this cereal because it may explode. It's generally not going to be an explosive. Okay. Uh, it could be a choking hazard, I guess. I could put that warning on a box of cereal, Freeman. But generally speaking, you don't put unrealistic, you know, do not swallow your car. Okay. You don't put things like that on warning labels, do you? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, but, but he was going to accomplish that. Uh, did you see it? I don't think so. He was going to release not just the documents that were coming in 2017 that he had nothing to do with, but he was going to release more stuff. He was going to go and blow the whistle and drop documents on. Why? Because he said it during the campaign about the Iraq war and how that was prosecuted falsely. And he kind of dog whistled people like you and me a little bit there by saying, Hey, I'm going to be on your side regarding letting the truths about these things come out. He kind of gave that signal, but did he do it? People told me he was going to. People told me they knew from insider information that he was meeting with RFK Jr., that he was going to do this and that and the third thing. Now, ask yourself what the actual results were. Ask yourself what the actual behavior was. Uh, ask yourself what happened to a, a lady who was ironically named reality winner. A a ask yourself <laughs> what actually happened during Trump's presidency. And don't let it be askew because you want to believe that things were so much better. Oh, the, the, the border crisis was better. It's funny because they didn't change the policies. Oh, the post office ran better. It runs terrible now. It's the same postmaster general that Trump put in there. By the way, Biden didn't change a lot of his people in a lot of these positions of power. Take notice of that as well, please. I mean, I know he changed his cabinet. You have to do that. But um, take a look at the people that are actually running the agencies and making policies. There weren't that many massive changes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same postmaster. It's the same guy running the border stuff. It's the same. I mean, uh, yeah, the cabinet positions, like I said, they're different. Of course, they're going to impeach all those guys, right? Oh, and by the way, weren't there a whole bunch of sealed indictments and raids and QAnon was telling us that all sorts of criminal conspiracies and mafias were being taken out and child traffickers were being rounded up by the thousands and uh, Barack Obama was arrested in a massive cocaine bust and what happened to all that, Freeman? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> okay. I, QAnon and Flat Earth. I got to throw humor in here. Yeah, I got to throw humor in here. It might be oh, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. But it's humorous to me that people will search desperately for a narrative they want to believe right. instead of looking at the practical realities, like I said, about cooperation and sharing indeed the concerns of your fellow man looking from left to right in a crowd and realizing you have a lot more in common with others than you have to hold against them stuff like that is terribly stupid and foo-foo and pointless but all this other crap i just ran through that's all meaningful that's all the thing that should dictate to your life what you should do with it that's where you should put your support is on the latest savior that they've told you is on your side and it's interesting too because I actually like RFK Jr. 
I really do. I don't like Donald Trump. I give you that right now. And I, I think he's nothing more than a product of the deep state, not battling it, a product of the deep state. That's my opinion. It's not popular. I know, but no, anyway. I mean, but if you want the populist movement, what do you do? You indict, you, you, you threaten, you, you know, to turn everybody towards that leader. Uh, you know, how many times have I heard on Infowars? Well, you know, I believe in Donald Trump because they're going after him. And I'm like, well, what would you do if you wanted people like Alex Jones and, and the populist movement to go towards somebody? You'd make them look like they were suffering and, and that you were out to get them. And, you know, this is just so obvious. Like, yeah, no, it's the leverage of persecution. That's the beauty of because yeah. you mentioned these indictments, and, and that is my view on it right there, is that the greatest thing that's happening right now is that Trump is being uh, legitimized for a run in 2024. He is being fed support and fundraising under the fact that he is now doing, and he's saying it out in front all over the place, they're coming after me because they can come after me and they will come after you. So support me because I am you. Now, I can look back on many different people's speeches in history that had control over masses in different countries and find language very similar to this. Uh, and, and you could call some of them communist. You could call some of them fascist. You could call whatever uh, various authoritarians make statements like this all the time. I am you. We are the country. Those other people are the enemy. It sounds like the same game to me, just like I said. You know, it's just the Mad Libs fill in the blank. You got to put different, uh, different names in there sometimes because people do eventually die off, best I can tell. But um, <laughs> this is where we're at, and, and that's how I view these indictments. It, it's to bolster his legitimacy. Uh, it is to uh, make him the, the guy to follow if you're irritated with the system, and plenty of people are with very good reason. And that's all there is to it. I don't think legitimately this guy's ever, you know, he'll spend about as many days in jail as Jeffrey Epstein did. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and that's about it. All right. Uh, and Epstein used to get to leave and everything, by the way, during his sweetheart deal. I love that story too, by the way. But hey, pay no attention to that, right? Because that's all over and done with. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Where did, where did that story <laughs> go? Right. Like whatever happened to Ghislaine. But um, yeah, we're wrapping up this first hour here. So I wanted to make sure that you got out the conference that's coming up and tell people what it is and, and when. Excellent, man. Look, I know I've, I've said a lot of things. I've said it very quickly, but believe me, I'll speak a lot more uh, slowly and intentionally as I'm the MC at the uh, JFK Lancer Conference, which will be from November 17th to 19th this year uh, in Dallas, Texas at the Lorenzo Motel, Hotel, excuse me. Uh, that's where they're holding the conference and it's going to be unique because I'm going to be at the center of this thing. <laughs> and uh, I've been a presenter before. I've done some original research. I'm not planning on unveiling anything uh, groundbreaking because I don't have anything groundbreaking to unveil this year yet. Uh, but uh, if it does come up in between now and then, I will unveil it there and it will be interesting. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, some people come and meet and greet us because after the 60th anniversary here, I'm not sure if young people care so much about some of these historical realities because it seems to me like it's been all so twisted and convoluted, not just the current events, but the history, the reality of what has gone on, what has come before them. I think they've been intentionally taught to ignore it. So uh, it, it might be one of the last hurrahs for those that actually care about, you know, maybe getting the real information, getting the real facts, getting the reality out there. 
about these events, which did shape our world. So that might be one of those last chances. And I'll be celebrating 10 years of what it is I've done at Ocelli.com, the Ocelli effect and all that simultaneously. Uh, plan to give out some stuff. And like I said, I really want to meet some people face to face. And I know some people are going to Dallas just for that. And uh, I hope to do so. So appreciate you letting me do that. And um, hopefully uh, you'll also go over to my website. And, uh, you know, I do that Ocelli and the Greek thing, which you've heard about on Freeman Fly before. Uh, that's over there. But also there's the rest of my work, which is the majority of my work, which is a lot more like the rambling I've done here <laughs> today, trying to squeeze everything in whenever Freeman says anything. And uh, I'm not usually this obnoxious, or at least I try not to be, but I really great. appreciate it. And thank well, you. Well, don't worry. We have another hour to get deep into all of the craziness, secret societies, RFK, uh, you know, much, much more to come as we dig deeper into this story, maybe even we'll get into the UAPs and the UFO files that JFK were dealing with. Who knows? Uh, always a good time in the member section as we just open the, the floodgates in there. And I mean, not that we hold back in this first hour, but we try to get a little more wild in the second hour. So I hope you all will come over to freemantv.com and subscribe and get all the bonus work and keep me going, keep this show going. Uh, be a sponsor of this show to keep it going out there. And if you don't know, The Free Zone it airs on every podcast platform out there. But of course, I am banned on YouTube, banned on Facebook, although I have a secret profile there called The Real Freeman Fly. So if you're on Facebook, you can still find me there. If you're on Twitter, you can find me at Freeman TV. Uh, pretty much if you just do a search of Freeman TV, then you'll find all my work. Uh, it has now been disjointed and thrown all over the place. As a matter of fact, I was just on the Greg Reese program, which I aired for for the members there. Uh, and uh, instantly after being on the Greg Reese program, Aliens from Hell got banned from Vimeo. And I mean, I, that is the only video I had on Vimeo. It was up there because YouTube would never allow me to put it on. And, uh, you know, it's been there for 13 years, I think. I'm not even sure. A long time. And uh, one one appearance on the Gregory's program and his connection, of course, with Infowars.com uh, is all it took to for them to yank down aliens from hell. I don't even know why. I would love to hear your opinions on why aliens from hell is banned worldwide. So I have <laughs> made it free on rockfin.com slash freeman TV. So if you go to rockfin.com slash freeman TV, uh, Aliens from Hell is free there. I hope you will subscribe to Rockfin through my channel and uh, because you'll get everybody's programs there on Rockfin if you do. But Aliens from Hell, I made free. It's free there for you to just go and watch. And I, I go come over to my Twitter, if you will, Freeman TV, and give me your opinions on. I, I put a post up asking this question. Uh, why do you think aliens from hell is banned? You know, what, what is it? What is it about this lecture I gave that is so, you know, I feel I make the joke that I'm like the character in conspiracy theory Mel, Mel Gibson played where I'm running around trying to figure out which theory I got right. Uh, I think there's quite a few in there, but I would love to hear your opinions on why aliens from hell continually is banned all over the world. Uh, and then get on over to Ocelli.com and check out all the great work that he's been doing there this last decade. Uh, amazing stuff going on. And uh, maybe we'll all see you out there in Dallas. Uh, my traveling days, I don't know. <laughs> I still haven't decided whether I want to get back in an airport or drive. 
or any of those things. So who knows? But I, I know it'll be an amazing event for sure. A lot of great guests there and a lot of interesting topics being brought up. Uh, but that, yeah, that that's uh, that's where we're at, folks. You know, it's it's censorship galore. And I, I hope I'm not being like Trump and saying, hey, come watch my stuff because they're banning it all over. But yeah, you should come check out my stuff because they're banning it all over. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit of that with the with RFK situation as well as we get into the second hour here on freemantv.com. So thank you all so much, and we will see you next week. Thank you.